On today's episode, we're talking about the Great British Dance-Off. No, we're not. We're yeah, we are, actually. Wait, wait, what? So, in this show, Flack, Season 2, Episode 6, the show that they're actually on backstage for, which is like 30 Rock, you know? Yeah. Is the Great British Dance-Off. Like, do they actually show the set and everything? Yeah, they show the set, and then they show, like, the producers and the um, actors who are supposed to go out there and host, but we never actually see the show. So you don't, but but the actual show we're reviewing is Flack. Fine. The actual show that we're reviewing is Flack. Yeah, and it's gone on for two seasons, and it it had six episodes each season. Yeah, Uh, but do you know exactly what each episode does? Because the title of this episode is called Danny and Deepak. And every single other episode has a title of a person's name. And some of the names I didn't know and weren't in this episode. So I'm curious well, what happens in the other episodes. Well, I, I have a broad overview of the show. Okay, like tell, me, got, tell me what you got. Yeah, well, so the summary on Wikipedia was Robin, a American PR executive living in London. Must okay, so hold up. Robin is Anna Paquin. Anna Paquin, yes. Yeah, and she is definitely one of the PR reps. There's a team of three of them. Yeah, but she... And she comes from America, you say? Yeah, she's an American PR executive living in London. Okay, so she works under this boss named Caroline, right? Yeah. Okay, and Caroline's, like, kind of really, really bossy. Yeah. Like, they do not want to piss her off more than she already is all the time. Right, she's kind of like the hothead in the office. Okay, keep going. So then we have, must figure out how to make the best of bad situations and somehow manage to get out unscathed. Mm-hmm. That's basically what I saw. So everybody's backstage. This is prior to the actual dance-off competition, which, again, in episodes, that TV series, we would see a lot of the writers' uh, thought process. Same thing with 30 Rock. We'd see a lot of the writers beforehand all talking about the show production and how they were the ones who were going to save the show. In this one, it's all the PR staff. So it's whatever group that television show wants to center Well, yeah, I mean, this was produced by Episodes producer Hattrick Productions. Um, it was also produced by Paquin and Stephen Moyer's Cassem Films. Okay, so, so it's funny how Stephen Moyer is also from True Blood. Yeah, yeah, because so is Anna Paquin, yeah. Yeah, so. they both co-starred together. Yeah. And so they formed their own production unit. And then they got the Episodes producer yeah. to also do it, so. From True Blood? No, the episodes, episodes, producer. Oh, the guy from episodes. Well, the production company from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Stephen Moyer actually directed this episode, right? Yeah, I did, that's what I read. At least yeah. that's what popped up at the beginning. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. And so it was interesting to not see him in the show, but to have him be one of the directors of it. And then I think that all the episodes have the same writer. Yes, the writer's name is Oliver Lansley, and he has worked on a lot of different TV shows like Sherlock, Misfits, Endeavor. Yeah, I just want to go out there and say I'm a fan of this TV show. I think I like the pacing of it. It was not boring at all. You had kind of interweaving storylines, and it felt more like Birdman in the way where there was constantly things happening. And then it also felt like Newsroom in the fact that Aaron Sorkin, that walk and talk thing that he's so famous for, yeah. that is happening constantly with all the PR reps and everybody that's going around. Yeah. One other thing that I noticed in this episode was that they were they treated the runners, which were like the assistants and stuff, the people who got coffee, like shit. And I assume that they do that throughout every episode, but it was hilarious because A, it's just mortifying that if you work in the industry that you would be 
so degraded constantly, yeah. but that they just took it and walked through it. Like it was a, I, I've seen that in Bojack Horseman too, but this was, they were making a point. Well, whenever you say that, I always think about Pete Davidson's line on SNL when he was like, I know like bad things. Like I've heard Chevy Chase speak to an intern and stuff like that. So Yeah, but Chevy Chase is known as just being a dick to everyone. Like he's not afraid to, I think he slapped some person's mom once. Yeah, it's, yeah I, I heard that on a uh, episode of like, I don't know, some interview thing with Rob Hubel. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so you think that they did a good job kind of showing what like internships and stuff like that and shows are like? Yeah, so don't get me wrong, this show is more drama than it is comedy. I was going to ask. But yeah. the comedy is certainly very, it's current, and they're also constantly making fun of people that are here and now. So I'm just going to give you a bunch of the, um, analogies that they were making or people that they were bringing up who are famous in this thing they, okay. they brought up keenan and kel yeah <laughs> they brought up the olsen twins and elizabeth olsen they were like you never cast the olsen twins by themselves elizabeth olsen is someone separate yeah. like you know uh they had they made fun of antonio banderas uh dame maggie smith uh alec baldwin wolf on wall street def leppard tina turner the terminator when you say wolf on wall street do you mean jordan belford no, they literally say Wolf on Wall Street. Like, what is this Wolf on Wall Street? So, like, so when it. they say these names, are these like insults or are they just bringing? They can them be up? insults. They can be okay. Yeah, they didn't even mention Charlie Sheen, but they said Tiger Blood and not winning in the same <laughs> sentence, yeah. just as a hint to it. And then they both also made fun of Graham Norton, as in one of the show co-hosts showed up on a Graham Norton TV show and the other one didn't get invited or something. <laughs> and so they were jealous about that. Yeah, you, you, uh, this was the season finale. So I assume that they tried to put kind of a lot of stuff in. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, so is this a series and again, you've only watched one episode, but is this a series that you would say is for like a lot of people or is it for like a specific niche audience? No, again, if you like 30 Rock and you like all the other shows that I've been bringing up, you'll like this show. The only thing that you should know is that it's a lot darker. As in, Paquin's character, Robin, is snorting coke. The uh, Danny character, who is in the middle of a spiral because it's come out through a reporter uh, that Anna Paquin actually, or Robin actually, uh, told the story to, and it, that's how it broke. Um, that becomes a bigger deal later on. That he had an illegitimate child with a hooker, and that... The, when that news story broke, people either didn't believe it or they were on his side. And it's like this big kind of uh, Me Too nightmare. Right. And so, of course, the PR team is in on it. Yeah, of course. And yeah. he's been kind of set aside for this episode because the news just broke and his co-host has to go on alone. But his co-host isn't used to doing that. His The, the name of his co-host is Deepak. And so we get some really funny scenes with him when he finds out that he is going to be working with a different person who is a woman and he has a real problem with that because he doesn't find women funny and then he uh, corrects himself uh -huh. in front of everybody because he he literally says like but women aren't funny and then he like realizes how wrong that is and he's like <clears throat> um on the gen on the whole the general public don't find <laughs> girls funny <laughs> so like this show is obviously like i said a lot darker and stuff like that but would you say that the drama is dealt with um, I guess, like, with a professional manner, because you're right, this show does deal with a lot of dark things like alcoholism, um, uh, cocaine use, uh, race, gender relations, that, that type of stuff. That's well, Robin's what... character, um, even though less with race and, and, uh, and racial issues, 
is more focused on how depressed she's going to get by the end of this episode because I think she had an affair with her sister's uh, husband. Yeah. And her sister calls her at some point, but it's actually her husband on the line talking to her, but the sister's listening in because she's... And that's also a pretty funny scene, the way they do it, because they have the sister basically yelling at the husband as to what to say to her, but, like, making sure that um, Robin's character can't hear exactly what's being said. So is it, like, code kind of? No, no, no. It's like when you're on phone support with someone and you have someone talking in your ear telling you what to say to that tech support person. Yeah. Yeah. So they show both sides of the conversation and you can tell that Robin's character knows that her sister's on the line but doesn't want to speak to her even though she's basically begging to speak to her and crying by the end. And uh, and I actually think that the Mark character, which is the husband, does a pretty good job speaking on behalf of his wife in illustrating that until Robin gets her shit together and stops screwing up as bad as she does, that they they don't want to be in her life. So I mean, these these might be extreme comparisons, but is Robin more like Mister Robot like type of deal where you do kind of feel for Elliot, or is he like William, or is she like William H Macy and Shameless, where it's like, oh, you don't like this character at all, or is it in the middle somewhere? Uh, I'd say in the middle because Robin's character is not irredeemable. She definitely has moments of compassion, and when she's speaking to Danny, who is the uh, leader of the show she's definitely trying to do her job she's trying to make sure that he gets that he doesn't kill himself um and that he that they f- find a solution because she's being blackmailed at this point by the reporter oh, to yeah. get an inside scoop about danny like have an interview with him and she's trying to cover that up from her boss finding out Cor- uh, Coraline, right or yeah, caroline Cor- 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 no caroline yeah <clears throat> uh and then after that her other two people, the other two people she works with, Eve and Melody, they are basically trying to help her as well do her job. But Eve is, uh, how do I put it? She's more pessimistic that Anna Paquin's character will be able to sort her shit out. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So she doesn't have as much hope. Um, just to kind of give you, I, well, I had a question here, is the dark subject matters in this show necessary, but I kind of feel like it's the basis of the show, so you kind of Yeah, that. so you see this sort of descent that's happening with multiple characters. You have Danny's, who ends up picking a fight with Deepak because he thinks that he's the one who gave the source, or the information to the source, because he was one of the only people that he told, and that was actually a very funny fight sequence, too, because it's like a slapping fight, <laughs> and Deepak's wife there is there, and they're literally like a few feet away from the uh, audience because they're behind a curtain uh, yeah. and they're he's about to go out and uh, Deepak is and host the show and then he gets in this fight and ends up leaving with Danny and then the girl who's brand new to the whole thing this Ashley I think is her name uh, she comes in and she's basically given the entire show to host at the last second by herself like just so she's thrown out there the the director of the the dance off show comes up there and he's like it's you you're on go do your job (laughs) like and she's like uh hey everybody and you hear the clapping start was it it cringy like like obviously meant to be no just funny just just funny just funny at that point the other thing was that deepak was so freaked out about going on which he ends up not doing that he his wife gives him these beta blockers Mm -hmm. and it like gets him it's like it's like a barbiturate i guess where he gets up on the teleprompter to start testing his lines and he's just kind of staring at the camera groggily while they're looking at him through the like cameras in the other room and they're like are you okay and he's like 
I'm just feeling a bit fambly. Fambly is is fambly a word? <laughs> <laughs> and his wife is there later on, just kind of yelling at Danny for him. I guess she's very protective of her husband throughout the ep- episode. Deepox is, is a pretty funny character. There's a lot of quips that go along with everybody, and he's one of the quickest with it. I think yeah. he does a, he does a funny job. Um, but I think I have to talk more about the PR team because you have again Eve, Melody, and Robin. And Melody's character is supposed to be this, the innocent one out of all three of them because she's the youngest and she's getting Ashley as a client for her first time. Like she's reaching out in the middle of this episode and trying to get her to join their agency uh, as, as one of their clients. And Ashley is nice and ends up saying, if you represent me specifically, then yes, absolutely. And she's like, wow, I'm honored. And uh she also has this weird nose piercing thing that they get into, but it's not that big a storyline. Her dad's about to die, apparently. Oh, yeah. yeah, she just finds that out on the telephone, but she kind of ignores it. Um, it's basically to show that in this very high task world that they're living in, that you it's a do or die type thing, a shark world where the other two, Robin specifically, is going to use her as like a piece and to, to block out any repercussions she might have gotten for um, telling the reporter about that illegitimate yeah, child right. story. So, yeah. so at the end, the reporter comes in against Robin's like wishes, but basically is already there and talking to Coraline, the boss, Caroline, damn it. Um, and Caroline looks at Robin because she sus- suspects her of... Um, breaking the story and she's like you have you get this uh, exclusive access to talk to danny but you have to tell me your source and even though we've seen the reporter abigail blackmail uh, robin for th- throughout the whole episode uh, over the phone she does protect her at that point and she says yeah it was melody the 25 year old like scottish lady um, or whatever and then they're like okay and then at the ending scene robin instead of like coming clean when all three of them are there talking to Caroline, she's she she's like, don't blame don't blame Melody for this. Like I'm responsible since she's my person. And then Melody's like, I didn't say anything. And she's and she keeps Adam Paquin's character keeps like interrupting her and basically trying she's trying to, to stop her. Yeah, yeah, just shut her up. And then Eve comes out of the woodwork and she's just like, I believe Melody. Oh. Yeah. And then Caroline looks at Paquin's character and says, You're fired. Like, wow, so yeah, she's Caroline's character also has to face that. I think um, she is being undermined as well as the boss of her company. There's this guy, a detective, I think, whose name is Damien, who calls her really sarcastically while they're like taking over her office to look for any evidence that she's been doing bad things at, at her role. And so Caroline's in the middle of bringing in lawyers to fight against being withdrawn from her position while she's firing Robin as this uh, PR assistant lady. And the problem is that I think the whole show is centered around, as you said, Paquin's character being in that. So she's been fired. Her sister doesn't want to talk to her. She's an addict on or she's at least like taking coke. Like we see her do it three times and just lines that are laying around. And then, uh, at the, at the end of the episode, we see her walking off set, and there are a lot of shots that follow a character from the inside of the building out through the uh, parking lot with all the different like setup for that they have for production. And she walks past the trailers of those and then gets hit by a car. 
<laughs> robbing the banker? Yeah, that's how the story ends, basically, is her just on the ground bleeding to death and everybody running up and trying to figure out like whether or not she's going to be saved for next season. Well, I was going to say that um, the show does center around Robin, and I believe this happens in season one, though. Some of this stuff might happen in season two. She's uh, someone who's trying to help her sister's husband with drug problems. Uh, she had a boyfriend at the very beginning of the season who she was cheating with, uh, with clients on, but it was weird because she was also trying to have a baby with her boyfriend. And uh, she also, of course, has to deal with like all the PR uh the issues that kind of come up yeah there's a lot of drama and keeping things afloat again while managing their personal lives like everyone seems to have a personal life that's at risk of something going terribly wrong like melody with her dad she just ignores that because she's so busy trying to stop danny's uh the hooker lady from coming in and interrupting him during the middle of of this whole uh breakdown that he's having Yeah, but the thing about the hooker lady, which was very redeeming of her, is she came in there and the PR team is just so rude. They're looking for a way to smear her. They're looking for a way to pay her off. And she's like, I'm not here for money. This this happened uh, like a a couple of years ago and I put my life together and you guys are just like sharks in the water. And that's when Melody is like, oh, wow. So when I was, yeah, that's (laughs) dark. When I was uh, reading this, it felt like a cross, you said it's like 30 Rock, but like a lot darker. But when I was reading it, it felt like a a cross between I May Destroy You and like the morning show type of thing. Is that? The morning show I can definitely see because of obvious aspects of Mm -hmm. it being the production staff behind it. Um, The only other one I would say maybe a little bit like Entourage in a way where you kind of get absorbed in these intensified character lives like i i hope that this representation of a pr team is just uh, exaggerated oh boy yeah to a certain extent and as with entourage it was the agents like ari who really played middleman for a lot of the um hard work that had to go into making sure people got their right roles and stuff right, yeah. in this one all the writers and directors of the, the actual show took a back seat and at one time melody was even writing Deepak's statement to the audience about Danny. So she, and Deepak is, I think he's uh, Pakistani, um, and she's a 25 year old white lady. Yeah. And they even bring this up and they're like, this is, yeah, it's super insincere. Like, this doesn't mean anything. You're basically just talking out of your ass, but it's our job. This is what we do. And, uh, and it was pretty funny in that route as well. Maybe like Veep in the way that it's sarcastic. But again, I keep mentioning comedy shows. Yeah, the, yeah like really. And like, and this, this was darker dark. than that. Yeah. But that's right. why I was a fan of it because it was just, it, there were no. Was it, it was different? Hmm. I mean, it, it melded a lot of things in together and, and made itself different that way. Oliver Lansley uh, would always kind of add, when he got asked the question of if there would be a season three, said yes, but there hasn't been a definitive um that it's going to happen because there was some pretty big stuff that happened with season two that was pretty strange so this first season premiered on pop and uh you know it got like okay uh viewership and moved to amazon prime i think okay well yeah that's that's kind of the story because a week before its second season premiere along with uh, another show called florida girls and best intentions pop removed it from its scheduled lineup because um, its parent company, Viacom CBS, uh, had Viacom, Viacom CBS uh, had cutbacks, and those were the three that they decided to cut back. Now it plays on W, a British pay television series, 
Um, it plays on one of those networks that at the end of the episode they cut off in the middle of the credits, and that like the very snark or the like interrupter oh, comes oh, in, yeah. and they're like, "Now get ready for blah blah blah." Yeah. And that's why it would have been funny if they had like gone into the British Bake Off or something because they had <laughs> the dance off in the previous. Yeah, one. like yeah. yeah, a continuation. But mm-hmm. um, so but that was moved for America for on-demand platforms like Showtime, which doesn't air the show on its uh, network, but uh, like just kind of has it there and also on Amazon Prime Video. Um, so one thing I wanted to ask, though, was that uh, this show apparently has had a couple guest stars um, on it. The show has had famous guests like Bradley Whitford, Amanda Abington, who played Mary from Sherlock, and Daniel Day Kim. Were, were there any people in uh, the The only one out of those ones that really surprised me is Daniel Day Kim because I know he lives in Hawaii after Lost and that he doesn't usually take parts in like other shows that take place in other places because he doesn't like to leave um he's been on hawaii 5 and stuff for a long time and then he left uh but yeah so those are all british actors right so of course they're going to be in town and doing that stuff had you said someone from america um that would have been less likely but i guess uh, anna paquin and stephen moyer are, are they in a relationship is that why they're like doing this all together like did they actually form a relationship while they were on true blood uh, I don't think so. I don't know that'd be funny if they were married but yeah, yeah so I guess again to kind of talk about Robin Deadliner first who has a female Walter White Don Draper and Tony Soprano all See, put I, into one yes. yeah. the only thing is I think she's more human than all those characters and that's supposed to be a compliment to the fact that I at least from this episode it didn't seem like she was so far into that hole that she couldn't get out of it like yeah she got hit by a car but so did her life she's hit basic rock bottom Mm-hmm. status but it seemed like one of those shows where in the pilot episode she would clearly be a better person than she has become and that this is a really big reflecting moment and that she could actually turn things around if she was careful like when she was on her phone call with her sister and she's crying and stuff that seemed like a legitimate reaction it seemed like she was actually sorry and that there's nothing she's done to get ahead that can't be redeemed that i saw nice yeah so it would be funny if you told me in episode four like she murdered someone and tried to like (laughs) cover up because then i'd be like okay well maybe i'm just wrong about this it sounds like the second season has improved upon the first because i looked at the imdb ratings and they were higher this one had an 8.4 in particular which is uh, the highest rate episode it's a 6.9 on imdb with 1537 reviews ron tomatoes basically matches that with a 67 percent in its first season the second season uh, wasn't reviewed. One of the, I found a scathing review that was weird, um, but it was for the first season. Stuart McGuck wrote an article titled "PR Drama Flag Might Be One of the Worst TV Shows Ever Made." Stuart McDuck. Stuart McGuck. 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 And, okay. And he pointed out uh, the improbable moments, the very little character development, and not great dialogue. But again, that was in the first season. So the uh, not great dialogue. Yeah. See, the thing is, even if the dialogue wasn't great the fact that there was so much of it going around at the same time almost was entertaining enough to be like, oh, well, that's... In the background, again, they're making fun of someone for or bringing them the wrong coffee while at the same time arguing about, like, how to deal with this huge problem that... that like, there's always has to be a problem, I assume. Yeah. Otherwise, the show doesn't have anything to go well, on. Well, obviously, yeah, that's yeah. how... It, Otherwise, yeah. there wouldn't be a reason to have a PR team on set all the time. Yeah, yeah we're kind of straight away from the plot, I feel like. Um, and then, of course, fans of the show are kind of hoping that Amazon Prime uh, finances the third season, which, who knows if that happens, but... 
Yeah. I mean, I, I think they left it off on a strong enough track to, to probably pull it off. Yeah. yeah. They'd probably do another. They had some strong lead-ins, and I'm curious as to what would happen next. Uh, they're definitely, like, Danny doesn't have the show anymore. Deepak was replaced by Ashley. So is it Ashley's show now? Yeah, like, and, and Robin was running over they, by cars. It, it felt like they were introducing Ashley's character to take over for Danny and Deepak so that she'll be like existing into the third season and now they're going to have to find new jobs or a way to keep her yeah and have and have her have like a bigger story arc and Mm -hmm, exactly yeah she's supposed to be a main one i think from now on if i had to point out something negative i thought that the twitter response that they were talking about that danny received all this positivity like oh she's not even that pretty like i don't believe that he actually had an affair or or not right those weird like yeah like they were saying that 90 percent of it was just okay with what he did and i feel like in today's age it would have been at least 50 50 50 -50. like there would be a ton of people in support of caking him off cancel culture type yeah yeah but that's just me putting in my own personal belief into what i would think the internet how how the internet would respond and who knows what the internet maybe it was trying to like kind of make it the other way around so like it was yeah but if you remember do you remember in episodes they did something similar they had they caught matt leblanc like yeah, having yeah, sex yeah, yeah. with um, one of the, in the people box. in the box yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and then the ratings just skyrocketed well the ratings did... made sense but like the people seemed to like him again which was a little strange yeah so, but yeah. if this is produced by the same people who did the episodes thing it's just a similar like plot to go on yeah um but also interesting to see the reaction but and also gives the reason for the pr people to be there yeah yeah, so I think we've covered everything for this episode, giving a good gist about what the show's about. I hope people go out and check it out if they haven't already. Hopefully it gets another season. Uh, join us next time on today's episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to this one. Thanks. Bye. Bye.